John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. And the scripture says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And tonight I want to use the words of Jesus as a title tonight for this message. In verse 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. That, that invitation is still open to us today. It's an open invitation in every generation, to every age group, to every person in society. If any man thirsts, let him come to Jesus and receive something to drink that would truly satisfy your heart's craving. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. And Father, tonight we're thankful that, Jesus, we can know you tonight. Father, we can know you tonight, Lord. We have a relationship with you tonight, Lord. We thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you for the anointing of your spirit. And I pray that, God, you would move tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, for an overflow. Hallelujah. I pray, God, for an unction of the Holy Ghost that would break through in the name of Jesus. Lord, send a breakthrough tonight, Lord. God, send a breakthrough in someone's heart tonight that needs a touch from you. I pray that, Jesus, you would touch us. Jesus, the great shepherd, feed your people tonight. And Lord, we say it all in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Tonight in, the, in this text in verse 37, John said in the last day, that great day of the feast. And what John was referring to was the last day, that seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles, also sometimes called the Feast of Bulls, the Feast of Ingathering. It was one of the three great feasts that God commanded every Jewish male that they had to go to the Jerusalem and celebrate the feast. First of all, one was Passover, the beginning of spring, then Pentecost at the end of spring, and then the Feast of Tabernacles at the beginning of fall, the fall season. But this Feast of Tabernacles was a feast or a commemoration, a celebration of basically two things. It was the feast, a celebration, a celebration of remembrance of how God had brought his people through the wilderness from Egypt all the way to, to Canaan land. Hallelujah. It was a time of celebration, of the time that, that to commemorate how God had provided for his people, how God had protected his people throughout those 40 years. And even though, they, even though the, the heart of, of Israel were, was one of unbelief, God still took care of his people. And I'm thankful for a faithful God tonight. My Lord, I'm thankful for a faithful God that the Bible says at times we are unfaithful, but God remains faithful to his people. Hallelujah. And it was a time of commemoration, a time of remembrance that God took care of his people. Tonight, you and I can be thankful because God's taken care of us. 
Hallelujah. In the good times and the bad times, God's always taken care of us. Even when it seemed like we walked away from him, God still had his hand on us. Hallelujah. When, when we let go of him, God didn't let go of us. And God held on to them for 40 years. And they celebrated that. It was also a time of commemorating and celebrating and time of remembering that God had brought in the harvest. Feast of gathering. God had allowed the rain to come. He had allowed the rain to fall. And God had allowed the harvest to come in. And they were celebrating that because they knew that their true source of blessing was the Lord. At least what that was God's intention in the feast, to remember that God was their true source for bringing in the harvest, for God allowed the rain to fall, for God allowed, God allowed that harvest to come in one more year. You know, in a spiritual sense, you and I as believers, as God's children today, we need the rain of the Holy Spirit to bring in the harvest. I don't think you heard me. I said we need the rain of the Spirit to bring in the harvest. There's a harvest of souls out there that, got, that, 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 are, that are ready right now to, 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 to come in. And God needs, we need the rain of the Spirit to prepare them to come in. Hallelujah. The rain gets the harvest ready. The rain gets the harvest ready to be harvested. In a spiritual sense, not only does the rain get the harvest ready, but the rain of the Spirit gets the laborers ready. The rain of the Spirit empowers the laborers to go out and win the lost, to go out and bring the harvest in. And you and I as God's people need to be harvest-minded. Hallelujah. He that winneth souls is wise says the word he that winneth souls is wise means that if a believer doesn't have a doesn't have a heart to see souls saved it means that believer is stupid we must be harvest minded and if we're harvest minded believers we know we need the rain of the holy ghost my lord we need the rain of the spirit hallelujah in Zechariah 10, verse, verse 1, he said, Ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. Oh, Jesus, we need the rain. We need the rain of the Spirit. The rain will take you beyond who you are and do things in your life that you never imagined. The rain of the Holy Ghost. We have been feeling the rain of the Spirit in the last several weeks here at Family Worship Center. The rain has been bringing in an increase in financial blessing. Why? So that more souls may, may come into the kingdom of God. You see, it's all about the harvest. And God will bless his people so that the harvest ultimately may come in. We need the rain. May the Lord stir your heart. May the Lord stir in your heart a hunger for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. May he do it in our hearts, every single one of us. May he stir in us a hunger, a desire, thirsting for God to send the rain in these last days. Because we're living in the last days. The last days, Lord. Yes, Lord, send the rain. But it was on this last day, this great day, the feast, that the priest would go to the pool of Siloam there in Jerusalem. 
And he would take a, a pitcher, a golden pitcher, and he, fill, he would fill that golden pitcher up with water from the pool of Siloam, which at that time was <coughs> excuse me, the most, the freshest water there in Jerusalem. And he would take that fresh water from, from the pool of Siloam, and he would go and walk from the pool of Siloam all the way back to the temple. And as that priest would walk from the pool of Siloam to the temple, the crowds would surround him. And they would celebrate. They would celebrate. They would chant Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, which says, With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. My Lord. That must have been one more incredible sight there. The crowds would celebrate. They would jump for joy. They would, they would, they would shout for joy. With joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. They didn't realize it, but the living water was right in their midst. The living water was right there in their midst. And they were shouting out the praises of God for God providing the water. And that priest, as he traveled, he, crowds would celebrate saying this. And he would finally get there to the the temple, the altar burnt offering. He would pour that fresh water out at the base of the altar. He'd pour it out, and the the crowds would just shout for joy, and they would scream, celebrate. And it was simply that, that water being poured out was a drink offering to the Lord. And it was basically a celebration or a commemoration of how God brought water out of the rock while Israel was in the wilderness. God provided water for his people. It's a celebration that God, you've provided water. God, you've provided rain for your people. It's a commemoration of God had provided water out of that rock. When Moses smote that rock, hallelujah, God, that, that, oh, that water gushed out. And what they didn't realize again was that the true rock was right there in their midst. And understand this, that, that, that at the cross, at the cross, the true rock was smitten. And at the ever since the cross, The true living water has been gushing from Jesus, the true living rock. Hallelujah. He's the one, that water has been gushing from Jesus. That if any man thirsts, he can come to Jesus and receive something to drink. Hallelujah. He's been smitten for us tonight. That rock has been smitten for us tonight. That we might have something to drink. That we might have living water. And it all happened at the cross. My Lord, I know you're tired tonight, but wake up a little bit. It all happened at the cross. Ever since that living water has been gushing from Jesus Christ. But understand this, even though this was a festive time for the Jews, a time of celebration, a time of joyous celebrating, In reality, all it was was a ritual. In reality, all it was was just activity. That's all it was. In reality, there was no life in that ritual. There was no life in that water. 
There were happy faces, but there was no true happiness behind those happy faces. There was nothing in the activity in reality because at the same time they were celebrating, they are rejecting the true Messiah. And it was a sad accusation against God's people of that day that the living water, the true Messiah, was right in their midst. They knew it, but they rejected it. They knew where the truth was, and later on, earlier in this seventh chapter, Jesus accused them and confronted the Jews that were right here in the temple and told them, you know who I am. You know who I am, and you know where I came from, but you don't have a relationship with God. I ask the question tonight, does Jesus bring that same accusation today? Can he bring that same accusation today to many that are, in the, that are in the church today? That you know what the truth is. You really know. You know what the truth is. You know that the truth is Jesus Christ and him crucified, but for some reason you won't accept it. And you're rejecting it. What an accusation that Jesus brings against some, some at least many in the church today. You know what the truth is, but you're rejecting it. You've got the truth, you've got the living water right in your midst, but because of whatever, because of your pet, pee, your, your, your pet doctrine, because of your, your way, you, you won't accept the truth. Jesus, I believe, makes the same accusation to many in the church today. A sad accusation, but yet a real and true accusation. The true living Messiah, the truth was right there in their Midst. You see, the ritual and all the activity couldn't satisfy the true thirst and hunger of man's heart. I said the activity and the ritual and the outward form, the appearance, couldn't satisfy the true hunger that was in man's heart. It was that way then and it's the same way today. And many, many, many in the church today and even in the world are involved in activity, religious, even religious activity, a religious busyness, an outer form, ritual. But those things are not really meeting their heart's desire. They're going through a ritual, they're, 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 they're involved in activity, but it's not really quenching their thirst. Let me tell you something tonight, there are many in that boat. There are many in that area, involved in activity, left and right, involved in ritual, involved in, a, in an outer form, but on the inside there's no life there, and they know it. But they're in bondage. They know it, but they're just doing what they're told to do. They know there's no life in it, but they're just going through the outer form because that's what others are doing. Well, Jesus' word to them, to those, and maybe even some here tonight, Jesus' word to you is if you're thirsty, just come to me. <laughs> if you're thirsty, just come to Jesus, hallelujah. 
And you don't have to go to church to find Jesus. You can find him anywhere you are. Because wherever you are, there Jesus is. Hallelujah. If you're thirsty, if you're dry, if you're empty on the inside, the invitation is to all, just come. Hallelujah. As Brother Swagger emphasized, the Lord spoke to his heart maybe a year, year and a half ago. Those words of, that Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go. I believe that those are the words of Jesus to many in the church today. Those are the words actually to the enemy. Let my people go. Because there are a people, there are a remnant in this world that when they are presented with the truth, they will respond and they will be set free. I'm convinced, I'm convinced, I'm convinced. And the Holy Spirit within me, it, he, he urges it in my own heart personally that I must believe. I must believe that there is hope for the church. I'm not talking about in general the majority. I'm talking about a remnant. I must believe that there is hope. Some might say, well, oh, no, no, the, the church is long gone. It's, it's past that point. No, 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 no. As long as Jesus is alive, there's hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. As long as he's risen from the dead, there is hope. The Bible says there's hope for a tree, though it be cut down. And the Holy Spirit within me says, you must believe. You've got to believe that there are many. I said there are many. Not just us four no more, not a few in a corner somewhere, but there are many who will come in, who will receive the truth, who will hear it, who will receive and will be set free. Not the majority, but a remnant. That remnant is not just, us, not just a few in a corner somewhere, but it's a mighty arm that God wants to raise up in these last days. Hallelujah, can you say amen? We must believe that God would tear down the walls that Satan's erected to try to stop the truth from going forth. Hallelujah. Because there are people who are in bondage to dead, dry, ritualistic religion. And Jesus wants to set them free. Hallelujah. And understand this, that truth is more powerful than error. I said truth is more powerful than air. Don't ever bind a lie that saints more powerful than Jesus. That air is more powerful than truth. That, that darkness is more powerful than light. Baloney. The truth is more powerful than air. And when God's people, when God's people believe and they press in and they trust him, they believe him for miracles, watch out. May we be stirred up tonight to believe him to tear down the walls that saints erected that hold people bound. May we be stirred up tonight. God's people need to be stirred up to trust him. Stirred up to believe him for miracles. Hallelujah. That there are many, many, many more that need to come in. Hallelujah. Many, many, many more that need to be set free. Hallelujah. Many, many, many more that need to be saved and for the Holy Ghost. The word of Jesus to the enemies, let my people go. 
The word of Jesus to his people, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. The word of Jesus to the world is if any man thirst, if you're hungry, just come. It's all you got to do is come. It's an open invitation to everyone, both saint and sinner, come. Hallelujah. Both saint and sinner, come. And I'll give you something to drink. That living water will save the sinner and it will revive the saint. Hallelujah. I said it will save the sinner but revive the saint. It will give the saint renewal, strength, anointing, power, truth, deliverance. He said just come and notice here. Notice the position and activity of our Savior. Notice where he is. He's right there in the middle of the temple, right there in the midst of his people. He's not far away. He hasn't forsaken his people. Yet I have to say it, the Holy Spirit within me, personally, he urges me at times that you must believe that God would tear down walls to set the captive free. Hallelujah. People that I can't see, people that I have no idea exist, we must believe. Why? Because Jesus has not forsaken his people. And I must be careful that I don't forsake God's people. I said we must be careful that we don't forsake God's people. John the Baptist said the winnowing fan is in, it's in his hands. It's in, it's in Christ's hands. He will separate the chaff from the wheat. He hasn't forsaken his people. We must believe that there are those out there that even though right now bound by air and bound by sin, they will be set free by the truth of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My Lord. They will be set free. They will be set free. They will be set free by the truth. That's why God's raised up this Bible college to train and raise up men and women of God to go out and spread the truth. Hallelujah. Why? It's because there's folks out there, there's people out there that you have no idea exist. But on the inside, they're dry, they're empty, and they're just waiting for somebody to tell them the truth. Hallelujah. And when they hear the truth, the truth will break that bondage of air and set them free. I ask you tonight, do you believe? Do you believe tonight that God can do it? Do you believe tonight that God can do it? Do you believe tonight that God can spread the truth like never, never, never before and save people, save the sinner, revive the saint? He can tonight. The ritual that they were in, it brought no life at all. And Jesus, right there in their midst, he stood and he cried out. He didn't whisper, but he cried out because he wanted everyone to hear. As they were celebrating and going through this ritual, Jesus, the true living water, the true living Savior, the true Messiah, right there in their midst, stood and cried out, if any man thirst, 
Let him come unto me and drink. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, out of his innermost being, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. Can you imagine that moment in time? Can you imagine how that must have been there? The anointed word of Jesus, the Messiah, coming forth. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. In other words, that water that's being poured out there and this ritual, this celebration, it won't satisfy. But if you want real satisfaction, I'm right here. Just come. Jesus is not far from you tonight. If you're dry and you're thirsty, if you felt that you've walked away from the Lord, those of you listening by radio, if you feel empty on the inside, you go to church sometimes, but it's dry. You're just going through a ritual. It's hard to pray because the distractions of the world have taken over. And you're just dry and empty. If, that's your, if that is your condition, Jesus is not far from you. He's right there. He's right there for you. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, you're dry, you feel empty. If, 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 and maybe this shouldn't be preached on Sunday night, really, but maybe Sunday morning. <laughs> but just going through a ritual. Jesus is not far from you. He's right there. And his invitation to you is his invitation to all. Just come. Just come. And he said in verse 38, he that believeth on me as the scripture has said. You see, the, fa- the, one, the, the thing that Jesus is looking for is that you would come and that you would believe. But notice here he said, believe on me as the scripture has said. In other words, I want, when you believe on me, I want you to believe on me correctly. And this is where the church has gotten off. This is where the church has gotten into error. Jesus said, believe on me as the scripture has said. Not as the bestseller says. Not as pastor so-and-so says. Not as prophet or bishop so-and-so says. But as the word says. Hallelujah. As the scripture has said, believe on me. Hallelujah. Because when you believe on Jesus, as the scripture has said, watch out. Watch out air. Watch out dryness. Watch out devil. Hallelujah. Deliverance will come. Deliverance will come. That need will be met. Because Jesus will come. And when you touch Jesus and Jesus touches you, there's no need too difficult for the Lord. Tonight, you just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. (laughs) All we need tonight is Jesus. He said, come and believe on me as the scripture has said. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That same belly, that same heart, 
that is dry and hurt and empty and sore and tormented is the same belly, the same spirit, the same heart that will flow with the rivers of living water. Because when Jesus touches something, he will reverse that which the enemy has brought. Hallelujah. He will change dryness into an overflowing fountain. Hallelujah. He will change that weariness into overcoming strength. He will, he will change that, that, that torment into joy. He said, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, let me ask you this question. Do you remember the time that Jesus filled you with the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Ultimately, this is where Jesus was getting at in this passage, the filling of the Holy Spirit. It was involved, salvation wasn't implied here, but more than, more than that, the overflowing flow of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember that time that out of your innermost being flowed rivers of living water? Hallelujah. And he said here, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. What's powerful here is that Jesus, he could have said river, singular, but he didn't. He said rivers of living water. <laughs> rivers of living water. I am and I shared this in chapel Friday, but I'm reminded even again of a, a professor that I had in Bible school. I think it was in 92, 93, one of those years, I think he, I had his classes. His name was Jim Jones. Not the Jim Jones. We had Jim Jones at our Bible college. Remember that? <laughs> I don't know, maybe some of our pastors remember the Jones. We just call him Brother Jones. But Brother Jones was one more godly man. And he made an impact on my life. Just a young man treading for the ministry. Here it was, a seasoned man of God. In his, I believe, close to 70 years old. His health was beginning to get bad. But I tell you, he, there, was a, there, was, there was a reality in his heart. And one day in particular, I'll never forget it. And it's, again, it's, it's incredible how someone can have such an incredible and remarkable effect on you. But one day in particular, I don't remember if it was uh, the book of Jude class or Ruth or another class I had with him. But one day he started talking about this river. Now little old 70-year-old man started talking about the river and he started getting excited white hair, and he started, he started jumping up and down and said, it's the river, it's the river, it's the river. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said the river's more powerful than the Mississippi. It's, it's longer than the Amazon. It's greater than the Nile, the river of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I'll never forget it. The reason why is because the river was real to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was real to him. And he'd ex he had experienced those rivers of living water from Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, the refreshing, empowering, reviving rivers of the Holy Spirit. You see, the reason why Jesus used the plural here is to show that this river, this river of the Holy Spirit is a never-ending supply. 
Hallelujah. Oh, there's a never-ending supply of power. I thank God I'm Pentecostal because I believe in the never-ending supply of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. The never-ending supply of the Holy Spirit. It never ends. The more you need, the more you get. Hallelujah. And you can keep coming back, keep coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back for more, 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 more. And they'll give you more, more, more. Hallelujah. A never-ending supply. <laughs> Woo! A never-ending supply of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Why not be Pentecostal? Oh, I know there's some non-Pentecostals listening right now. And you might as well just turn Pentecostal. Hallelujah. And the name really doesn't mean that much. What's important is that you have the never-ending supply of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, that you believe that Jesus, oh, that Jesus still fills people, still gives people the power of his spirit. My Lord, hallelujah. In the days of Azusa Street Revival, they believed that there was a never-ending supply. Hallelujah. Oh, they believed there was a never-ending supply. One, per, one person asked William Seymour one day, when is this revival going to end? And he said, I have no idea until Jesus comes back, maybe. I have no idea. Oh, why? Why did he say that? It's because there's a never, 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 never-ending supply. The second reason why Jesus used the word rivers is because there is a river of the Holy Spirit for every need of man. The needs of man are a million and one, but for every million and one problem, problems, there's a river. Hallelujah. <laughs> there's a river. There's a river. If you need healing, there's a river of healing. If you need power, there's a river of power. If you need anointing, there's a river of the anointing. Hallelujah. If you need help, if you need grace, there's a river of grace and help. Hallelujah. If you need a lost loved one to get saved, there is a miracle, powerful, saving river. Hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. There's a river for whatever you need tonight. If you need to be stirred up, there's a stirred up river. Hallelujah. If you need to be revived, there's a revival river. If you need a financial blessing, there's a financial blessing river. Oh, whatever you have need of tonight. Oh, there's a river just for you. Hallelujah. Oh, there's a river just for you. There's a river just for you tonight. My Lord. Hallelujah. A river just for you. And not just one river. You may say, man, I, tonight I, I don't got one problem. I got a million problems. I got a whole bunch of problems. Oh, there's a whole bunch of rivers for you then. Hallelujah. Woo! There's a whole lot of rivers for you. Whatever you have need of tonight, Jesus said, come. Come to me and drink. And I'll give you something to drink in just one sip. 
will become a river within you. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Just a drink will become a river that will flow through your very being. That will flow through your very being. Straight from Jesus, your Savior, your Redeemer tonight. Hallelujah. Again, he says to both saint and sinner, come. Just come and believe. And when you come and drink from me, I'm going to give you something that goes beyond your human comprehension. I'll change that little drink into a mighty flowing river of the Holy Spirit. A mighty flowing river of joy, strength, victory, anointing, deliverance, whatever you have need of. Hallelujah. I will make it what you have need of. You stand to your feet tonight, please. I ask you tonight, do you need a river? Do you need the river of the Holy Spirit? Do you need Jesus tonight? The reality, of it is, the reality of it is this, is that every single one of us, if we evaluate ourselves correctly, we are dry, we are empty, and we're thirsty. If we, I said if we evaluate ourselves correctly, in light of God's grace that the Lord ministered this morning, in light of his grace, an undeserved, unmerited gift, Unmerited divine assistance. If we, if we view ourselves in light of his grace and how we don't deserve it, every single one of us will evaluate ourselves the same way. The Father, tonight before you, I'm dry and empty in and of myself, and I have nothing. And Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the word filled means satisfied there, satisfied. <laughs> you see, the Christian life is a combination of being satisfied, but yet being unsatisfied all at the same time. I'm satisfied with Jesus, but I, oh, I need more. I'm on my way to heaven, oh, but I need more. Satisfied, but yet unsatisfied. Tonight, the invitation is to all. Jesus, your Savior, your Redeemer, your abiding Savior that dwells within you by his Spirit, he says, come. Just come and believe and receive. That is the invitation tonight. That is the invitation to both saint and sinner. Come. The altars are open. Why don't you come tonight and let Jesus touch you.